0: Every uh, movie series has an end, Mister Hobby. Okay, but not this one. This isn't the last. This isn't the last movie. Yeah. I just. Uh, but what about podcast? They thought for we thought it was for a while. No, we're gonna still podcast. Okay, good. I was a little worried. i are gonna got podcast like, like it's twenty nineteen, aka <laughs> you know not. before all the shit that I'll try to drink out of my memory uh, for the rest of my life.
1: I got like Mr. Ant no, like Mr Smith when he when he says I love that ending, where he's like, I'm supposed to say something. Everything that has a beginning has an end. Oh shit, I'm so scared. And I thought we were gonna it just made me think we were gonna stop podcasting. I mean But it's
0: nice to hear you
1: you say that we're 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 gonna keep doing it.
0: There's something so wild about this movie. Of course, the movie I speak of is freaking Matrix Revolution. Oh, right, 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 right. By the Wachowskis, 2003, babe. I'm Charles. Uh, I'm Josh. Hi. Welcome to When Will It End. We do the movies, uh, and just like old times, because of the COVID-19 pandemic, Mm -hmm. we're recording remotely. And in a way, it's like, is the little guy that I'm looking at on the screen, is that me? And is that other slightly larger guy I'm looking at on my screen really you? Or is it like a freaking – like, you know, is that – are the lived experiences of these digital representations of us as rich as our own lives.
1: Yeah. I mean, I told Amy, we, you know, we met, we, we had this chance meeting, you know, you're playing it safe, which I totally respect, understand, care for, want you to have, uh, you're going to be visiting people and you absolutely want to be safe for them. So we're doing it this way. And I was like, great. I'll see Josh when he's back. And we fucking both ended up, at this one there's so many places to go for a walk in the Berkshires. And yet we happen to like Mr. Smith and Mr. Anderson just collide at I don't even know the call what's the name of that place?
0: You disgust me, Charles. <laughs> you smell like you shit Charles. suck, dude. <laughs> Every you time we take a
1: breath. Gross. But yeah, we just like we just bumped in this is the second time since I've moved out here that we've just unannounced like it would be harder for us to schedule a walk like that. And it just was a really beautiful reminder of you know no, the little guy on the screen what well, it is you, but it's not a digital you and we're we are connected. Wow the thing the machine world does exist outside and we all collide and I'm tingling such a, this movie's so fucking weird, man.
0: I love it. I I cried multiple times. I gave it five stars. I think it's a masterpiece. Uh, I'm a little blown away. To watch this right now, like the billionth time humanity has managed to drive itself to the very edge of what we're all capable of collectively tolerating as far as like a total societal meltdown where – Even the people most insulated from how barbaric our our discriminatory, bigoted, nightmare culture is now, everyone's sort of getting a sense of just how tenuous life is. And to to watch this movie, it just continue to tear down any binary and tear down any sense of oh, Neo's Neo is Jesus or whatever. Like it's incredible to see where they take this story. That I feel like no other filmmaker would ever take. A massive, like I feel like the Wachowskis had their opportunity to make their generation Star Wars. They fully realized that and made something really fucking beautiful and really powerful and nothing like any major trilogy we've ever seen in 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 wide release with hundreds of millions of dollars of production and marketing and and it's wild to read the reviews and it's wild to to think back to when I was a kid and I was so confused by this. And to watch it at thirty one, I'm like, oh, this is a mature, and yet very, you know, it's it's a movie for fuck's sake. We get all of our movie delicious <laughs> yes. drizzling of nacho cheese, if mm. you will. But fucking, a I, I, this was a powerful watch. I cried. I cried when Z was talking about volunteering to fight in the in the in the dock yeah, because it's what Link would have done yeah. for her or or whatever. And then I cried. Uh, I cried when Trinity died. Of course you do.
1: It's like. It's, that's a, that's such a, I think it's because this movie, I was thinking a little bit while I was watching it about Star Wars, and it's almost, I mean, it's not silly to compare it, because this is basically, like, it's big in the way that Star Wars is big, but it's small in a way that Star Wars, the closest Star Wars come to being small is like making Han Solo cheeky, and like this, I care when, Trin, like, the, Trinity's death isn't just a moment where I feel for Trinity's death. It just like encapsulates everything that this movie is talking about and feeling and it's just I do care specifically about their relationship, but also it just it is so full of life. And the fact that he's just ultimately fighting for peace, like that's what Star Wars is lacking. It is so concentrated on these fucking, as you put it, like space warrior um fuck, what's the
0: word for a rich asshole? I mean, you said it very nicely last. I don't know, but that's, you're you're no longer quoting me, so I want to make that clear on the record. He's mangling my words. Yeah, no,
1: you did a really awesome job last time. Um
0: They're just talk. like they're they're annoying space aristocrats. That's who it, are just, aristocrats. Get like, you know, gallivanting around to like perpetuate their family line, right? And, and it's
1: never about sucks. The war is so vague in Star Wars, and also so unclear as to what they're like. It's about like big planetary bullshit and there is no i don't know if they ever say the word peace once in those movies and here it's like the machine's like what the fuck do you want like why are you here he's like i just want this to stop and it's amazing this like the sense of relief when the war is over it's not like the fucking ewoks like jacking off to fireworks in the background here you get a sense of these people that live in dirt actually have this thing that they've been dreaming about for so long, but haven't even really been able to imagine it ever being over.
0: But 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 the ending even, it transcends that because everyone gets a wild ass happy ending. That's so beautiful and interesting where the forgotten programming inside the matrix who at this point we have come to understand are just as alive and full of personality and experience and, and love and, and that scene where in the train station, they deconstruct the concept of love and yeah. take it away from being this like, you know, Romantic idea and a very and, and reduced to a very simple idea, which is, you know, preserving a connection that's important to you. And so the, the 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 programs inside the Matrix have a resolution. The machines have a resolution and humanity has a resolution. And it's wild. It's it's like a tripartite you know finale that I couldn't possibly have expected. You know, we talk a lot about the first movie being this sort of standalone piece. And I have to say. It does feel more and more like an island the the farther away you get from it, because this is such a raw, vulnerable expression of humanity. And the first one is like pretty much anything but it, it's just a, it's a wild the, the, the transition of color and texture. And just what you look over these three movies and, and the the wonderful addendum of the animatrix and. My God, what a journey! It's a real journey.
1: This is one of those movies that now that I've watched it a few times as an adult, it is. It's like when you finish your favorite book as a kid. Like I really just want to jump back in. It's really. It's such a rare, especially when I'm like fucking almost forty and I'm like acting like a kid, where I just like I want to pop in the Matrix DVD once I'm done with them. Like it's just this cycle of. I love the way it starts. I love the way it ends. And then by the time I get to the end of the this existent trilogy i'm like i just sort of feel that pull to go back to where it all started
0: yeah no I, I i totally feel that there's no better way to whet your appetite for uh resurrections and again it's like i was uh you know perusing letterboxd as uh diseased idiots like us tend to do and right now in letterboxd uh i believe revolutions and resurrections are currently both sitting at an average of three what yeah that's so crazy yeah and to, to give you a sense about how like uh, bizarrely po- like the, the amount of polarity there is in the in the community around these movies, the Matrix One has a Letterbox Four Point Two, which is right. a, like a ludicrously strong score. F- like that, like I feel like most things, if you get towards a four, y- you're doing pretty well. So for the Matrix to sit comfortably in the fours speaks to how like indelible it's become. But I, I feel like it it is like an emotional maturity test in so many ways because like. All of that world building in Zion that we got into, all of that Lincoln Z and Dozer's partner and the council and Locke and, and all that stuff where you're like, wait a minute, I want to get back to the Matrix. What's this for? All of that pays off in this movie. Yeah. It's not about Neo saving the day. Everyone saves themselves because everyone has the power to save everyone. Yeah. That's the message. Neo is as much a part of a group effort as anything else. And. The fact that th- that when he gets – when blinded Neo gets to the world of the machines and just sees a beautiful city of light, it is one of the most incredible decisions to make. You know, this isn't fucking marching on Sauron's whatever in Lord right, of the yeah, Stupid-Ass yeah. Rings. This isn't blowing up the Death Star. He goes to the, the world of the machines and sees a place that he would be sad to destroy. And if he just destroyed it, it would be a complete waste of everyone's collective energy – yeah, no. You know, he says and, to, and,
1: to to Trinity is like, I wish you could see what I see. Like, it's such a cool metaphor, but also just like, it really is just changing your perspective a little bit to not see the enemy as this like evil place, but another place, and the peace is just so much. It's I don't remember. I was very young and not political, but I just sort of like this is seems really early to be making such a strong two-parter about peace when we're like just a couple of years into the Iraq war and Afghanistan. Like it's well, just, no, the,
0: the war in Iraq started in March, t- 2003. So that started, uh, the, okay. The, yes, the bombing yeah. of Baghdad was in March, 2003. Yeah. So, so that war was basically n- still getting off nowhere close and, like, to reaching. It's, uh, the yeah. war in Afghanistan was underway, but, uh, yeah. Oh, sorry,
1: sorry. That's what I meant. The Af- war in Afghanistan, but just like, it seems early, as you said, like we're very early on in this war, that we're fighting and I'm pretty sure Americans are still like freedom frying at that point and still pretty behind. I know there's at that point, there's more people that are starting to be like, Hey, this sucks. But like to have a such a strong movie where it's just about peace and love, this seems very much ahead of where the culture was in 2003.
0: Oh my God. I think you're absolutely right. And like, I think uh, I read that it's performance dropped off 66% the second weekend people wow. were really not ready for this but like, what, what, what you're talking about is this idea that you know when the when the when when mr smith envelops agent smith envelops people they enter him and he enters them and there's this exchange and from that exchange the the machine mr smith gives neo the ability to understand like machine life and and the oracle implants mr smith She literally gives him the final line that achieves everything that she set out to do over this long and complicated, elaborate game of chess, which, again, like I'm pretty at this point, pretty sure I understand the broad strokes of it. But like the fact that you have the bravery to put together concepts, this intricate and patient and full of nuance. I don't know. It's it just feels like, you know, I'm going to paraphrase someone's review. that I, I glanced at Letterboxd that blessedly was very positive about this movie, but it feels like a miracle these movies exist. <laughs> They're so multicultural and diverse and inclusive. They're so, like, uh, sexy and fetishy and weird. They're so, like, intent about communicating a worldview that is so complex and so forgiving. I don't know. It, it's it's really wild. It's nuts that, this, that society allowed this to happen as much as it tried to reject this movie most of all because reloaded i think is the most successful financially which makes sense coming off of the first one yeah
1: i actually i mean it's this this is going to be a very difficult ranking um and we're not there yet but i just was like even trying to think like i don't know i think i prefer this movie maybe slightly overall but the second one has some pretty amazing stuff in it too but they're also basically just one movie this is, I don't know, maybe they'll just all tie for first. We'll see what Resurrections is like next time. But it's so far...
0: Y- yeah, so far I'm with you. I'm, I'm in a four-way tie for 1st They're all five stars. I, I have yeah. loved all of these, and they've all worked together so wonderfully. And it's crazy to watch these in this span of time, uh, because I feel like I've never really experienced it before. Yeah, before it's now. cool,
1: too, that I, I what's fun, I guess, about like a 20 year gap is that I've been seeing in letterbox like everyone's rewatching these right now which I don't know if they get as much play as like Lord of the Rings rewatches and Harry Potter rewatches and Star Wars rewatches but it's even if the fourth one sucks which you know I haven't seen it It might, it's it I doubt it's gonna suck but even for the power of just forcing people to relive these moments I don't know that if this hadn't come out like I don't think there would have been this like cultural mass rewatch of the matrix trilogy and hope that hopefully people are like oh these are way better than when i watched them as a kid in 2003
0: i think that's really interesting what you're talking about because like you know the the beauty of the people who want to like rewatch lord of the rings and harry potter is that like it both of those franchises and i'm not accusing tolkien of of having a concept of this at the time but like both of them bend so aggressively into what we would consider fan service now of like we really get our cake and eat it too and pretty much everything in those two franchises you know fucking uh vigo mortensen gets to go off to the magic elf island or whatever with uh Liv tyler and you know harry and ginny you know have a baby have the together they get to fuck finally ginny we've named him wait, professor I've... snape <laughs> wait wait he fucks All- snape? ali's re-watching re- the movies right now Right now? Yeah, right now. And I was like, why are you doing this now? I have to do this next year or later this year. And she was like, go fuck yourself fairly. Because, like... You know. Wait, so are you going to be not, watch?
1: I'm, are you just going to be living in that space, or is, are you going to be joining her to watch them?
0: No, no, I've like dipped in and out. I think for her, it's sort of like, like for a lot of people, it's just comforting to watch this sort of long series that you've grown up with. And yeah, I will say I, I got a, a little chunk of uh, the Curon, uh *Prisoner of Azkaban* today, mm. and man, that's a fucking beautiful movie.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to to get into that one. Yeah, but um, yeah, I don't know that I would ever. Certainly never consider those to be my bone broth soup, or I guess whatever the vegan equivalent of like a a hearty, like nice thing that you want to comfort yourself a with
0: vegan bone broth soup.
1: Right, right, right. Vegan bones. Yes. I saw I was what did I I watched uh the that movie Greed with um Coogan and and um fuck. I'll oh yeah,
0: look. I really want to see that. That's a is that, that's that's the guy who did uh the, the guy, fucking Trip did that Winterbottom, right
1: yeah winter bottom um it's got the my favorite guy who's who's on a uh, big fat quiz
0: they're all on big fat quiz what do you mean the guy <sighs> i know but who's
1: the good one
0: the good one yeah he's like the really uh, good one. he was in peach richard Sh- iowada david no. mitchell yeah
1: david mitchell david mitchell's in it yeah too. he's perfect oh
0: david it. mitchell's a fucking a fucking king
1: yeah i would recommend he's Great. i but i downloaded it like a year ago and i just sort of been putting it off cuz it's like sort of a fake biopic which might not work that well but it was pretty fun for a movie that like ends with like facts about um you know like how we outsource fast fashion to Sri Lanka and Bangladesh and stuff which is a very important message and it is a great reminder but like it is a very much a message movie, but it's it's fucking fun. I I recommend it.
0: I mean, you don't gotta twist my arm to to watch a fucking Steve Coogan movie. I love Coogs.
1: Yeah, but there is this scene where he's a billionaire, or I, I don't even know how billionaires work really, because they seem to be just be poor, but just have something that's valuable, so that they get to just have money somehow. I don't understand how it works, but he had it's complicated. Uh, a dinosaur. I'm gonna raise
0: my hand. I'm gonna raise my hand on Google. Game. Oh Okay,
1: we've never done this
0: before. Oh yeah, oh, look, oh, at oh, oh, look at that. <laughs> look at that. Look <laughs> at hand icon popped up oh yeah and then i don't know i just i just thought i'd reach wait, out hold to on i'm recently. gonna open
1: the queue oh and then i get to uh lower your
0: hand <laughs> i okay. can lower Whoa, your hand damn. bitch that's fucking Shit. humiliating i just lowered your, your, fucking your little... hand i just got a little uh
1: wow yeah shut a up notification wait for me to be done but this is actually good we can use this for, like when someone's going on for too long we can just signal it with a little hand raise now that we're back to Oh, I see what you did there. Hold <laughs> on. Open the queue. Uh lower the hand. No. Okay, great. <laughs> um but there's a there's a scene where he is like has just like a dinos like an actual dinosaur bone sculpture and a part of me was like fuck that would be so cool to have a big bone sculpture in my house. But then I'm grappling with the vegan implications of having a giant bone sculpture in my house.
0: I think like an extinct animal that didn't ever see a human I feel like that probably is outside the purview <laughs> of the vegan experience, right? Like That's probably I think true. The, the political element of veganism is about like, hey, maybe everything humans do isn't great, which is, again, laughable, ludicrous, ridiculous, childish, uh, the thought of a dullard. But uh, I feel like th- uh, given that God killed the dinosaurs. Mm,
1: with the big smack of the planet. The old amah. Yeah.
0: Am- yeah. Yeah.
1: So maybe I'll try to look on maybe the Facebook Marketplace for dinosaur bones for di- Dinosaur
0: bone sculpture. Yeah. Yeah. That that was actually the 35th most Googled term of 2021.
1: Oh, fuck. I'm already behind.
0: Yeah. That, that, that there it's was a trend. Gobbling
1: up bones.
0: You know what it was? One of those TikTok trends. Gosh dang it. I don't get it. Hey, how gorgeous is this fucking movie? Mm. There's so many shots that are just like fucking incredible this is
1: the first time amy had seen it and when they breach the 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 sky she was like wow that's so pretty
0: there's a few moments that are absolutely jaw-dropping the first is when the stream of sentinels fully explodes into the dock i like gasped in real life yeah like i was blown away at how well communicated the size of that escalation is that was super well told visually. We see so many big open shots of this massive concrete space that when they fill it up with it, all that crazy digital shit, it looks so terrifying. And yeah, the moment you're talking about where Trinity and uh, and Neo, as they head towards the Robot City, which is not called Robot City. I think they call it like... I mean, it's Machine called Machine City. But city. But robot City says a little more fun. Yeah, beep, like- beep, boop, beep, boop, boop boop, beep, boop, 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 Welcome to Robot City. I am Mayor Robot. <laughs> That's the official, um, what's it?
1: countries don't get theme songs they get um national anthem Yeah yeah that's the national anthem of like Robot the, City Like the
0: freaking uh the freaking Radiohead song Oh
1: do you think they love Radiohead and Robot City That's a sick oh. nice bass line Yeah I thought you were talking about the one where it's like
0: everyone want I
1: am a robot. I fuck pigs. You drink water out of my urethra. You know that song? Everyone skips that song. That's but my but
0: favorite I... uh radiohead song, the pig urethra.
1: Yeah, yeah. I am a pig in a cage. Voice D-D-D. to te-
0: text text to voice uh robot pig yeah. urethra part.
1: It didn't catch on. no not big. Fitter happier. That's it. Pigger happier. More piggy.
0: Uh yeah, when they burst out and see the fucking actual sky, we see like it looks like Disney for a second. We see this beautiful blue and pink clouds and a perfect moon against a blue sky, and then they save they save the full effect for the final shot of the movie, the sunrise. We have never seen any of those colors together at any other point in yeah. any of the films uh, until that one moment.
1: No, it's it's and it's we we're talking about the ending now, but like. How fucking gutsy is it to end with like Robic characters? Like the, the humans and the machines, it ends in the Matrix, which I find to be a fascinating way to to end this, this, like, this initial part of the trilogy where it's like all of our main characters are gone. They're either dead or vanished into nothing or happy that the war is over. But no, it doesn't end with Morpheus. It doesn't end with um, a little slithering machine. It ends with these characters that we don't even really know what the fuck they are. And they're just like, hmm, you won this one, but I guess, uh, well, you know, we maybe we'll see Neo again, and who knows what's going to happen. It does like it's weird that it took this long to make us another sequel, but they, as tight as this movie ends, it really does just like allow for something to happen. I have no idea what the fourth one's going to be like.
0: Yeah, I'm, uh, I truly have no idea what to expect. I guess we'll get this out of the way. I am certainly not asking when will it end. The fact that I think you nailed it. This reintroduced, you know, resurrections. And, and again, following this bizarre journey of like Keanu Reeves on, on his like second major comeback using all of his upward momentum, reaches out to at least one Wachowski to, to, to revive this series. I think there was so much cultural exhaustion from The Matrix at the end of 2003. Mm. Yeah. Because there was such a huge buildup. There were such controversial and frustrating movies for a lot of people. And then I feel like. Other than yeah, like obsessively rewatching the Reloaded for the big crazy chase scene and Monica Bellucci in that dress. And by the way, Monica looks incredible in, yep. in Revolutions. Dios mios! Uh, I think I similarly was like, you know what? Everyone was annoyed. Everyone was exhausted by this. I I don't know. And then I, I just I do genuinely feel like it. It was like I don't have the energy to revisit these movies. I remember them being difficult. And now I feel like a fucking coward.
1: There my this is my vegan bone broth. This is I I like now I'm so they're so easy. They're like where it's complicated is so unimportant and sort of maybe fun if you've seen them a few times, you can just maybe like focus on that this on that rewatch like what the fuck is going on? But you also don't it doesn't fucking matter either. So you really can just watch it for like this giant love story and like it is an amazing looking movie this is the fight scenes they've sort of fixed there's only like a couple of embarrassing cgi the cgi even though it's like a few months later it seems to either look better or they just figured out how the other one looked worse and just stopped doing that i don't know the big well, fight scene I at the end is good. They made,
0: they, they made a few canny decisions. Certainly, with the only one Smith at the end for the ultimate fight is probably more about just like underscoring the significant of the significance of the encounter, rather than not repeating the challenges of Reloaded. But yeah, I mean, certainly they find a way to even with a lot of digital effects. I, I feel like it, it is barely. An issue. I feel like at one point when Trinity throws a gun in the air, you're like, okay, well, yeah, that's that very, was one. It's a very digital gun. Yeah, and can we talk about the fucking. The the beauty of this world is that, I, and I'm so happy there's a fourth movie because like rewatching this, I'm like, oh right, there's the fucking fetish club fu- gunfight. Yeah, is that's so a cool. great
1: scene to start with. Like, I know it's yeah, that's basically the f- opening scene
0: of this movie, right? Uh, it's towards the beginning, and and this brought up an important runner that I wanted to ask if you would notice. I texted you about this. You didn't text me back specifically about this. Well, I was watching so, a movie. Okay, well, I was okay, watching interesting. A movie. That feels like a diversion from a very uh, good faith question. But, okay, so Trinity calls Merovingian Merv. It's an incredible moment. I don't and know. Neo repeatedly calls Trinity Trin. Yeah. And I feel like we've never, like, it's weird that in the third movie all of a sudden we're getting all everyone's cute names and, and the Merovingian gets one. Who's back in his full sacre bleu uh, energy, which rules. Yeah, it's a um, weird
1: move. It's like, it's... As though the six months that passed between release of these two movies allowed them to, like, figure out, oh, we can be a little more, you know.
0: Well, no, they shot them back to back. I think that's right. a very it's funny so idea weird. how films are made. There isn't like they did it again after the first one came out.
1: Well, they, they might. Yeah, it's true. They wouldn't have fixed any dialogue, but they might have had an opportunity to correct some CGI, perhaps? Or no? Do you think it was? I in? don't know beyond that point
0: regardless i feel like it didn't come up at all in a way that impacted my viewing yeah but
1: no it but i was i guess my point is that obviously they didn't change anything but this movie that came out six months later has that feel of being something that's six months like they are calling each other pet names there's a different comfort level to this movie somehow that wasn't in the second one
0: well i just i think about to go back to the star wars thing uh there's so much work put into part of what makes the prequel so irritating is that even if like you're an apologist who likes the overall structure and concept of it the emotional beats of selling us on anakin and padme are so fucking nightmarish and tortured that like there's no explanation for just what is basically bad acting poor writing and just lack of an emotional arc that makes any sense other than narrative convenience. And in this movie, I really feel like Trinity and and Neo's relationship is so beautiful and so respectfully shown. And it's not all these like crazy dramatic scenes. they, They basically don't do any of the traditional romance stuff. Even her death is this like incredibly like... She knows what she's gotten into. She knows this is coming. She like Neo seems to understand. Like there's there's like a beauty to it that's not stereotypical and not something you've really seen before. And I think about how that the, the lived in quality of the nicknames cropping up now it feels earned. And I guess I wouldn't have expected that a couple of movies ago.
1: Yeah, it's just interesting that this like movie time wise it it it's a day later. So it's like it's it is weird that we get this different it is different when he's when she says merv it was like both amy and I were like wait what why did she call him merv and then i noticed all the trends they they do seem much closer somehow than they were in the in the second one even though supposedly that's the one where they've had all this time to bond and fuck and grow old together and this is just the next day but i don't know there is that their their story is so we sort of wanted this in the last movie and we get it perfectly in this one—the the connection between those. Well, but two. But again,
0: I think there's like there's like an elegance to how entwined their worldviews are. Where again, like Neo, the thing that in in Reloaded that prevents him from falling into a trap is his knowledge that his love of Trinity is true, and that is the thing that he has to go towards. Not this thing that you know is about logic. And I'm always bringing up Mary Shelley's The Last Man on this podcast, uh, one of the great misunderstood novels, but. Um, I would argue that this movie continues that theme of saying that that concepts of logic are so entwined with imperialism and, like, uh, really entrenched hierarchical power systems and this idea of, like, logic being the ultimate thing that, that solves the world and technology – and the fact that it is this emotional love story that really is the savior of not just humanity but the machines – I, again, I, I, this is getting all sloppy. Forgive me. I'm so excited. I just love that this doesn't end with them like they decapitate Smith, Agent Smith and and big like pull a big lever down that shuts down the matrix. And they're like, go be free to shop and go to Applebee's. Like instead, it's like no. They find a an uneasy peace with their mortal enemies who realize that their shared everything is at risk when something as erratic and dangerous and all consuming as as Agent Smith appears. And uh, think about, like, when Neo goes to stand in front on the massive precipice overlooking the city, and we see this, like, world of little robot creatures yeah, emerge that, around I it. Yeah, I loved
1: that. That was so nice. It's
0: such an incredible detail. The machine world is just as valid, and just like we learned about the Matrix, the world of the machines has personality and Very real sociological dimensions that make it a community and make it like a a fucking world onto itself. And this movie doesn't advocate like so many other movies do for all of the bad guys die when you press the button and the good guys are just alone now. Like they have to live with the reality that you can't just wipe out your enemy with a push of a button. That's an insane idea that would surely spell out death for you as well. But it's told in a way that's like nuance.
1: Yeah, that there aren't even actually your enemies. Like the the concept of enemy is is something that doesn't really even exist. And it's
0: well, and, and then you go back to fucking. And I was re-listening to a podcast that will not be named, where they were talking about how annoying and stupid Neo's conversation with the counselor is. And reloaded, reloaded is how I say it now. Okay. And I was thinking in this one how that conversation about how. The survival of humanity is already already intrinsically based on the existence of machines and a relationship with machines. And the puzzle – and that's the exact thing that this whole series points to, which is that like any binary solution to what's going on is probably misleading, stupid and disastrous – and the fact that the, the, like it's so funny you imagine an american audience in a post 911 world dying for the good guys fucking you know put a 45 to the head of the bad guy and blow his fucking head off and the good guys win again and again yeah neo dies no speech he collapses yeah. and like is given his christ like exit where he's mostly served as like a diplomat basically yeah yeah like,
1: he's yeah he's just and then, pops you in. Know, and
0: then, yeah, then we cut to the fucking Not even the machines. The programs are like, well, that sure was a wacky matrix. It sure was. (laughs) Yes,
1: yeah. It's it's a wild ending. It's it's almost. I would say it's more like a coda, but the scenes before it all sort of like. Morpheus doesn't get one. He's loves speeching, man. Like he speeches all the fucking time. He doesn't get a speech. He's just like, oh, Neo did it. Thanks. And then uh, Naomi's like, thanks, Neo. It's just like it's as light and small as the machine the programs being like "huh that was weird but i guess you know here's a nice sunset and or sunrise and well the the, you know, free the humans is so interesting
0: cuz Again, going back to the podcast that will not be named, the people, the hosts were complaining about like Morpheus being like sidelined as a result of Neo realizing that the prophecy is made up. And to me, that makes Morpheus so much more interesting as a character It's like to have been obsessed with a false prophecy. And yeah, in this movie, we get a very different Morpheus and that's fine. I like that. I like that Morpheus has to realize, okay, so Neo was a savior, but not in the way that I was led to believe in this much more complicated way that – it it just raises all these questions about Morpheus that I think are so interesting. And he's, he's so selfless and not proud in looking like, like Fishburne plays him like someone who's been chastened by like uh, a revelation that has changed his world forever. And it has taken the wind out of its sails because he was wrong. And yet at the same time, you know, his faith in Neo, the human, not the one or the prophecy was proven to be beautiful and valid. And, I don't know. Again, it's like I fully understand why people were so dissatisfied with this at the time. But if you're if you're an adult watching this in twenty twenty whatever, and you don't like this movie, congrats! You just like Terminator Two, uh, if you like that movie and dislike this movie, you're a stupid baby. We
1: have, we have a special trophy for you: the double dipshit award. If you like Terminator Two and don't like these. Um, well, maybe not. Maybe you can just come chat with us and tell us your feelings. But until that day, you have earned the double dipshit trophy.
0: Imagine if uh, they 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 would Agent Smith. Neo, I guess we're buddies. Oh, wow! Wow!
1: God! Chica, chica. Please, Mister Smith, don't shoot anybody or kill them. Hmm. I mean, can I shoot Kids them in the cute. legs? Wait, is the character who plays Bane the actor who plays Bane different than the actor who plays? Agent Smith, right?
0: Yeah, he just looks a lot like him and does an incredible. He does an incredible
1: impression of him.
0: It's yo, how about that fucking fight scene, the the, the strobe light fight scene on yeah. the the yeah. logos? That was incredible.
1: I think that's this movie why he
0: fucking kicks yeah. ass. I'm like astonished. You were talking about this movie is so. This is the climactic third movie and it's epic as fuck. What were people complaining about? You get a massive battle scene with absolutely bonkers robots, machine gunning, crazy, you know, fucking snake like robot monsters out of, you know, the most stereotypical but delightful sort of Goliath online Starcraft slash alien slash whatever. Like you're getting you get so much candy with your actual complex story. I don't know how people were so fucking babyish about this. This has all of the hallmarks of a big climactic finish.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, that was one thing I noticed while watching. There's like some amazing, the whole uh, Zion doc scene is so much better than the like Helm's Deep scene in Lord of the Rings, which gets so much chatter. And like, it, there's some beautiful shots of it in Wreckage and everyone. Like, it's so much, I don't know, it's, I think when you do a big battle, it's very hard to maintain space, and I'm not trying to knock on Helm's Deep, because I do think Helm's Deep actually does a, a pretty good job of setting the parameters of the space and where everyone are, but like, usually a big battle's like, it's so grand and big that it's unbelievable that we'd get all these close quarters moments with characters, otherwise it just feels like... How would they ever all be in the same part on this giant battlefield? But I do think they, even though the dock is this large space, I liked how close quarters like the missile people got and the guys in their their big mech suits and the little kid running around with his bullets. Like, I don't know. It all made sense for that space that I didn't actually have to ever put aside anything.
0: So Nona Gay, who is Marvin Gay's granddaughter, plays Z, which I did not realize, and that's insanely cool. Um, I think Aaliyah was supposed to play the character originally and died famously. Um, but but Z and Z's cool platonic friend—they're just pals who run around together, blowing up the robots with the fucking rocket launcher. That yeah. was such a cool thread. That was fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah, it this movie really was so good.
1: And they don't get to blow up the robot. I, I feel like in other movies they would have eventually blown up that robot, but they just don't. They just fail at it and have to go run away and one of them dies. Like, so many characters just... Don't succeed at what they think they're supposed to do in these movies.
0: Right. And what's beautiful, like the whole thing that makes it interesting is that it's not about winning. It's about being part of a collective solidarity effort that comes together to achieve something, maybe not what you expected, but like just to survive is a victory sometimes. Just to like find that uneasy peace is a victory. There's like the Hegelian notion of like negating the other, this obsession with I have to destroy the dark shadow. That represents me because I'm afraid of it, you know, and this movie is literally about what if that thing entered you and you entered it and other things entered this weird pool. And out of it, you learn how to communicate better and realize that there are like collective values that transcend things like perpetuating a system. There's so many things you could plug this into Israel, Palestine, me and you, the Wait, the Mets and the, and the Yankees. Do you There's wanna... so many classic okay. archetypes? I'm one of the hot fetish girls from the Matrix, and you're one of the robots who's got like a billion eye, beady little eyes. Oh, cool. <laughs> 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 that was one of the most charming oh-cools that you've ever done. Yeah. That, that, that's why I, I, I liked, liked it. it. I, I, that's why I, I closed it. my
1: eyes and I thought about it, and that's a great friendship right there. And I, I do <laughs> appreciate being the eye thing. I think that's... The 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 way that they made the robots menacing in the first movie, and then second movie menacing, and then once peace happens, they just sort of like float around like those jellyfish and Survivor that Jeff promises won't sting you, and they get to go fly. Like (laughs) they sort of lose their menace. I don't know, maybe you didn't feel that, but once the war's over, it's like they aren't scary machines anymore.
0: Yeah, no, but I think like that's the beauty of it. Like the second that dynamic changes, we see the sentinels like floating beautifully around like sweet little ding-dongs. You know what I mean? Like it's really nice. All of a sudden we see all the, the charming things. I don't, it just, it's crazy that a movie this nuanced was allowed to be made from our fucking, I don't know. It's so fucking wild.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's, it's cool. Like you could think I, sometimes I wonder how much they wrote at the beginning, but they, they either did or they did a great job of seeing the, the paths that they could take but like the fact that the first movie ends with neo blowing up agent smith for that movie seems like an incredible moment where he has fully broken the rules of the matrix and is allowed to become the punk overlord of the resistance that he deserves to be but then what it actually does is like really set up in motion the availability for peace because without that moment none of this would have happened and like, that's what the one, the previous ones, if you believe the architect, the ones... Maybe I misunderstand this, but basically in the second one, we we're taught that every whatever number of years, a one exists and chooses to recycle the matrix and kill basically everyone so that this can happen again. That's right, right?
0: So, so, so basically, the role of the one is to trigger the end of the cycle normally. So the thing that makes Neo different is is that the Oracle has... has basically seated loving trinity to be the primary thing that motivates his decision making over the normal the prophecy says that the one shall do x y and z so that's what distinguishes neo that's the difference that's the, tw- the the change that the oracle made that that sets up all of this new shit happening and the payoff of this movie is that we see exactly how deep the oracle's planning went into to changing this as the, you know Webster's Dictionary, my good man. Really,
1: I love that book. Defines it's on my bookshelf. Revolution
0: here. defines. Oh, yeah. oh, can you show us that? Yes, yeah. listeners. Yeah. Charles, and you know, I'm it's funny. In the room, past, I've right. in the past I've mocked Charles for being a dingling a ding dong and such. <laughs> there it is. Uh, oh, but that now nice. that now that I uh, see what it's like to not be in the room with this beautiful, this admittedly beautiful bookshelf. Right, you were I happy to like see the bookcase. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, I miss it now, and uh, now I wish it was part of my life. Well, it just was, and
1: anytime you want to see it again, just let me know. I'm happy to share it with you.
0: Webster's Dictionary defines revolution as the action by a celestial body of going around in an orbit or elliptical course. The time taken by a celestial body to make a complete – okay, we get this. celestial what are body Look at all the thing. big words, Webster. The uh, completion of a course – Okay. Also, the period made by the regular succession, hey, that's a show of a measure of time or by a succession, hey, that's a show of similar events. Or what's so interesting is, and here's the little, There's where they get you with the twist of the old, uh, the second definition, my good man, a sudden radical or complete change. Wow. And isn't that fucked up? <laughs> isn't it fucked up? Maybe, I don't the, know. That like, that like fucking... That it means both. It's like freaking same thing happen over again, and also a totally brand new thing happen. This movie's crazy.
1: It's pretty crazy. I, yeah. So
0: let me ask you this, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um I think in a way, and, and if you'll permit me to not, I'm not sure how to describe this. We're not like breaking format because this is sort of a unique situation. But like, how would how do you think about? Us evaluating the first chunk of the world and then the fourth as an addendum. I think part of me looking back, we, we, we can't just do MVP and then be like on to the next. Like, this is the end of sort of a movement. Sure. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, wait, what are you saying? What, what do you want ranked? So, them? I want to
0: do an MVP for this movie and an MVP for the original trilogy. And then it'll be interesting to see if down the line uh, we find that it's that, like, you know, maybe someone is more distinct in. Uh, in the fourth one. Mm. You, you, you know
1: what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And we also have to make sure we do the MVH.
0: Of course. The most valuable haircut. Haircut. I can't believe
1: you haven't remembered
0: that yet. This is something that is maybe closer to your heart than mine, and I, I don't say that lightly. Thank um, okay, you. Okay, so let me ask you this For the Matrix Revolutions, who are you picking as your MVP for just this movie? Mm hmm. Uh, it's, it's hard because as we sort of
1: talked last movie and this, like this movie shares the space so well amongst other characters, but I, I don't know. I think I'll have to give it to Trinity. I think she is, I don't know, the scene where she dies and it's, it is about her death. It's about the relationship, but ultimately it's like about her, I mean, talk about revolutions and whatnot but like it's about second chances and doing something that you wanted to do i don't know i think for a character that shows love she also shows regret and it's a really that that scene was huge this rewatch and i think without her in this movie like imagine neo going off to to robit city by himself i don't know it just wouldn't really it could have worked but like the fact that she's there and we finally get this moment together to close it out i think is really nice
0: yeah i you know honestly trinity was my first pick for this but i'm gonna pivot because i feel like i want to spread the love around a little bit um yeah first off carrie ann moss is fucking incredible in this movie she's so sick uh her performance really moved me to tears and i was blown away by how good she
1: is in the scene where she has the big fight like it's i don't know it's it's cool that she's like fuck this. I don't have time for this shit. And she just like makes it so clear cut. Like I will kill, I will die for this because it's important. And I love this guy. And I know you won't like it's on a bluff. I will, but I know you're a fucking coward Merv and just give me what I want. Yeah. It's a great way to move the story forward. Yeah. She's great.
0: So cool. And man, the Yeah, the fact that she's so intrinsic to all of this and it, there are so many other versions of the kind of relationship between a, a male lead and the woman he loves or whatever that we've just seen a billion times that suck and are like regressive or boring. And this is none of those things. Um, I'm going to give mine to uh, a certain Agent Smith. This mm. fucking – It's easy to take for granted how incredibly fucking kick-ass Hugo Weaving is in these movies, but maybe it's about seeing the guy who does Bane do an impression of Hugo Weaving where you're like, oh, this is so iconic and so – expertly done that you know again in the first movie you've got agent smith and then like truly some of the most generic humans who have ever lived playing the other <laughs> agents yeah and he just like he's like bursting off of the screen and so you know i genuinely don't know if they planned on agent smith being like the the universal corollary to neo by the end of this trilogy i wonder how how planned out that was or right if they like holy shit, like, this guy's so fucking good, you know. Well, that's what Uh, I was getting to,
1: sorry to interrupt, but, like, before we moved on to this topic, that was, like, the fact that Neo blows him up, and, yes, the, 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 the Oracle was, like, sort of pushed him to do something else, but even before that, it was Neo, like, finally figuring out how to be the one where every other Neo or the one before him chose the logic door. He chose the door that actually set this free by sacrificing himself to the creature that he helped create and is partially him. And, like, what a, if they didn't think of that when they wrote The Matrix and just sort of like figured it out? on the fly or after like, like they did such great work making that story end in so many ways. So yeah, good pick with, with the Mr. Smith.
0: Yeah. And, and I, I just, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm kind of churning up the water here at this point, but I'm just so in love with it. But like the, the desire for movies like this and fiction like this to depict the other, the bad other thing as it's like total opposites. And all these movies are very much about how, how, two things that are different are also inevitably so deeply connected intrinsically that that difference at a certain point becomes imperceptible and the threat of smith and what he's become is this like all-encompassing nihilistic you know all-consumptive quality that is antithetical to life as both machines and humans and programs understand it yeah so like and yet he contains neo and the oracle as much as neo ultimately contains him it's just really fascinating. Yeah, and I might be reaching
1: far, but I forget which character even says it. But somebody says there's a the line between love and insanity, or like the way we act when we're in love is is almost indecipherable between the way we act insanity or whatever. They said it better than I just said it.
0: But, no, no, say it, Try a few more times. I think we're um, getting somewhere.
1: When you're insane, yes, you might also be in love. They said,
0: "Fuck, <laughs> that's good." Yeah, but it's that's like good what you said,
1: Agent Smith it's again i might be reaching but agent smith basically is like a rogue insane agent but also down deep as you were saying like the opposites are so much closer than they are like they're connected and the fact that i don't think he understands what love is by the end but it is this they're close and his destruction doesn't mean like he might exist too you know like i don't i I don't know if he's in the trailers but like the fact that neo might pop up later as they suggest like this isn't the end of them. It is, in a way, but it also is. It will always continue. And this, like this, this battle, and then figuring out that the the connection is there too, it's very complicated. Yeah, makes me feel satisfied.
0: It's so it just it's nice that it asks you to do some work and I think people were so nope, I am not here to do work. No, thank you. That is very funny when these first came out. Most valuable haircut I'm giving mine to Monica Bellucci. She's so incredibly <laughs> gorgeous and I think her hair is awesome. Uh pulled back and and very uh fitting for her uh presence in the latex fetish club. Um fuck that fucking upside down z scene is so cool seems so Love good
1: it. i think that scene like really connects me back to the first one in a way like it's so similar to the the um the big heist scene whatever in the first floor of that building oh hell yeah it's a great opener fuck yeah and i'm gonna so make who, a big who's, okay. growth moment for me you know you know what i'm gonna say
0: i actually don't oh wow Morpheus, so it's
1: because he bald? No, I said that last week. So that would be a stagnancy. But no, I sorry, we've, we've sorry. Texted Amy, texted, and you texted about like how hot mommy is, and I was like, I'm scared of. Oh mommy. my god! But I'm you ready. Come full circle I'm on com- Carrie Ann? I'm. I I still don't know what how I would react if I saw that haircut in real life. But I'm ready to, in the same way that Neo enters the Robit City and sacrifices himself before their their baby God. I am willing to give Carrie Ann Moss, Trinity, the most valuable haircut in this movie as a gesture of my sacrifice. I'm really proud of you. Yeah, thank you, as a growing moment. Realizing that the, like, you know... Neo's haircut is the haircut I would want, but Trinity's haircut is one I am willing to... Like, wow, it's not my enemy,
0: you know? Yeah, it's like how I'm getting into... uh just like the worst jam band music ever now because it's like why fight it yeah you know it's, not, it's indelible right it's not going anywhere no like why can't. am i fighting this just like lean back and let carrie ann moss's oily mop of a haircut wash over you yeah it looks more oh, insidious than agent smith's digital oil blurbling uh, you didn't respond, I didn't respond
1: but i had that dream the other night where we went to a, a dead and company show
0: Oh my god, I forgot. Yeah, uh, remind me of the whole thing. I forgot about it. Well, this. we
1: went and you picked me up and we brought a couch with us. We, you picked me up on a school bus and we... That picked...
0: is very much my dream, is to have a school bus and to drive and bring a couch to a <laughs> we, dead show. We brought a couch
1: <laughs> to the dead show and, you know, the rest of it is sort of vague, but it was really nice. Just had this. I'm,
0: I'm dying to drag, like, you and, and Allie and, and other loved ones to a dead show this summer so you can experience uh it's just such a fun time and I don't know if you watched that incredible channel five documentary Fish Lot. It is mind-bogglingly wonderful journalism. Andrew Callahan is a living god. I highly recommend all of you right. seek that out. Charles I'm proud of your emotional growth. I'm, i I love you dreaming of seeing Dead and Company and that you now like uh Trinity's Matrix haircut. Um let's quickly before we look forward uh, who do you think, looking back over these first three movies, would secure your your initial trilogy MVP? This is sort of thankless because the entire premise of the movies is that uh, elevating anyone to the status of the one is a misguided uh, concept. But just because we're lazy and stupid, yeah. before we step forward into four, who, like who's really you know lingering over all of this for you at the end of the day? Well, I'm going to choose this person
1: partially in this movie the the sad story of the person who played the the um
0: the oracle uh the great gloria foster
1: yeah um you've picked her for your first movie mvp
0: and she was in contention for two she's fucking even in that where she's like apparently was so sick she basically could only sit on that bench basically yeah
1: she's amazing i'm gonna give it to that character and uh, this movie you might not have had as strong a reaction as i did but I found the replacement Oracle to be really like, all I could feel was like, oh, the other one would have been so much better. She was not particularly good at, and obviously the whole point is that she's a different person now who embodies some elements of the past, but is a new, so it's like, I get it. It's a great story thing. I'm not knocking it, but like that woman, Gloria Foster is like, she's so fucking good at, acting and specifically at being the Oracle and in, in, just embodying this idea of choice, fate, uh, just freedom. I don't know. shes an amazing actor and like really cements that that character might in some ways be the most powerful, even though obviously, as you said, there's no one, like everyone was required to get to the finale, but the Oracle really does put everything into motion. And as a series MVP so far, I would say that the Oracle is just like a incredible actor, incredible performance, and a and a really valuable character.
0: I think that's a great choice. Uh, Mary Alice, who replaced her, is, is clearly a wonderful actress in her own right. But yes, there is a horrible sense of loss that's immediately apparent without Gloria Foster in yeah. these movies. And it
1: is interesting. Maybe if I watch it again, I'll sort of get okay with it, being like, she doesn't know what's happening really anymore. And that is an interesting development for the character who in the past has sort of known most everything, but it was really more in the context of like choices and understanding them here. She seems genuinely surprised by almost everything that happens. She doesn't use the language anymore. She like when they first meet, she's like, here's Cypher. or Cy- What's his name? Her bodyguard character. Sarah, Sarah, Sarah. She's like, he's protected me pretty well over the years. And I hope he protects you. Like she doesn't really talk like that in the other two movies. So while it is a different character, different actor, different Vibe. Actually, I think it's sort of cool that we get not only this, the new actor, but it really is like I had to make huge sacrifices to do what I did in the last two movies. And now this is who I am. So I think it works overall. Great character.
0: Yeah. And I think that the, the backstory that the Wachowskis put together is that the Merovingian punishes her for assisting yeah, uh, Neo. Uh, so Mary Owls, just to give her a little corner here, she is a member of the American Theater Hall of Fame. She acted with Gloria Foster at some point, I think playing... Opposite each other in something and the casting agent was like, oh, that's a good idea. They've like played opposite each other. So kind of a fun backstory there. And this was her her last movie. She obviously is more better, better known for her work on stage. But uh, yeah, she uh, the the last film she appeared in, she is still alive to this very day at the age of 80. Mary, wow. A tip of the hat. I think uh, I think it's I'm, I'm really happy you chose uh, the Oracle because you're right. It's the most important character in the entire thing. She is the person who makes the tiny little boop that makes everything else go sideways by, uh, you know, tweaking things. Uh, I'm going to go with the most obvious answer because p- like my embrace of, say, uh, the string cheese incident or widespread panic, I'm just adopting the – like why why try to act like you're not part of everything? We're part of everything. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go full norm core and say this. When you look at the fucking posters for Matrix Resurrections – Who bigger? And you see long hair Neo yeah. swinging his hair around with a big old gun and all that damn code dripping around him. I'm like – fuck yeah, our boy is back. I love Neo. If Keanu wasn't someone that we are drawn to because he's beautiful and charismatic and inquisitive and vulnerable and and deeply compelling, none of this works. It it, it truly is a part of the DNA of this series that if Neo can't be... Again, we talked about how in the first movie he he serves as audience, audience surrogate and then graduates to superhero prophecy guy and then in two is the guy who's like kind of like you think about you know via news uh blade runner 84 you know yeah you think about the same thing that 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 denny does in those movies where he's like oh no like it's not because you're special this isn't about being special it's about making decisions like You don't make – what makes you special isn't who you are. It's the decisions you make. And that's a mature, interesting, complex hero to play. And the fact that Neo is both incredibly human and relatable and deeply mystical and superpowered and wild, it's an incredibly difficult thing to do. And I think that it's the performance of a lifetime and probably at the end of the day for someone who has had a really wild career. This is probably the headiest, most interesting most indelible stuff he ever did so i'm, I'm gonna go ahead and give a uh, trilogy mvp to uh mr keanu reeves
1: that was my second choice so that's great we we are alike in our differences in the same way wait what was i again? The eye monster and you were a, a fucking tweaker babe you're like
0: a freaking robot guy yeah. and I'm like a beautiful cool wearing a mash, latex club Yeah. oh you're wearing latex yeah I'm probably I'm probably getting it in every hole in that cool club that Merovingian hangs out oh, yeah. at uh, and you're like drifting around a subway tunnel <laughs>
1: this, this is like <laughs> you would love <laughs> to be a robot <laughs> if anyone I know you would be
0: the person who would be the happiest to be a robot I think You'd be like, so what, what'd you do like, oh like I you know drifted around did some scans watched some Survivor watched some Survivor <laughs> it was great yeah. I had a great day <laughs> Basically yeah, I did. I, yeah. I drifted around uh, the, the tunnels looking for uh, human ships. Yeah, it's fine. This is a good day. <laughs> I'd be into
1: it. Yeah. I would hope one day I could robe it from home because that is my preferred. <laughs> but for now, I'll take a subway tunnel,
0: you know? All right. Uh, Charles, let me ask you this. Are you asking whence will it end? Mm,
1: no, I think we already answered that question. But I'll answer it again emphatically. I I mean yeah let's let's maybe spend a couple minutes just like no we don't have to the okay. episode's over well no it's, it's just it it is they, they like I've I remember them dying and it being over but really the last scene of this movie is in complete opposite of what ended it it's like the way this movie falls apart for Agent Smith is that he realizes that everything that has a beginning has an end and then it just ends with them saying well or not so <laughs> I'm very excited to sort of see how they figure out how to create more story out of this. This is maybe the most exciting reboot franchising of my lifetime. It's sad to consider that Star Wars and the MCU, which at this point, the MCU is like on the laziest train forward. Just it's every new fucking movie sucks. Um, Like this is so exciting. I'm so excited to see how this keeps going.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, I'm not asking when will it end. I love that people already seem to hate the new movie and have a complex relationship with it. It probably means that it's as good as the other ones because these movies are not about giving you what you want. They're about telling you a a deeply empathetic story about uh, how imperfect life is and how there, you know, the sense of finality and objective rightness that we so often seek in our dangerous and violent world are uh, made-up ideas to empower people to do horrible things. So I want to be further challenged and uh, titillated and uh, maybe a chuckle or two along the way for old time's <laughs> What do you say? Yeah. Okay. Charles, I love you so much. I- I've loved watching these movies with you. Uh, I'm really excited for a Resurrection. So yeah. fucking uh, – Fucking shit and fuck. Okay. fuck. Oh, okay, 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 Yeah, I'm excited.